Welcome into a holiday edition of the Nebraska 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts, Brian Christofferson. You can just feel the holiday cheer in the air over here. In between that delightful week that falls in between Christmas and New Year's, where work productivity everywhere is terrible, people are convincing themselves to watch the Academy Sports Plus Outdoors Texas Bowl until nearly 12 in the morning in which Baylor came away with a thrilling win that might have provided some extra spending money for some of us at the table here. It's that that time of year. How are you guys doing? I forgot my gifts for you guys. I'm really sorry about that. It's all right. They're sitting under my tree, I promise. Wrapped. That's that's nice of you. I'm going to go after this and get you something just in case you did get me something. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a Jose Canseco This is a real psychological... Yeah, game of warfare Jeez. going on. Did Jose Canseco make the move? He did. He made the move. He was on the tree again. Good, good. I gave Brunt a Jose Canseco tree ornament one year. No, well, you, you. There might be Nelson Cruz T-shirt jerseys for you guys <laughs> coming. So, hold, hold, yeah, hold on, hold on tight. I'd rather have a Shoop one. <laughs> Can Jonathan I have Shoop? Yeah. Shoop. Shoop was a great song in the '90s, by the way. Shoop. I mean, it's a it's a good signing here. Yeah. In December for the Twins. Yeah. T- talking about bowl games. Let's talk about them. I watched the hell out of that Cheez-Its bowl. Okay, so you were all in on the the train wreck? That was bad. You it's, texted us and seemed disappointed that we were, like, not as you guys had That you guys had possibly anything else going on that night mm-hmm. that you were not watching Cal and TCU throw six interceptions in the first half. Did Did you start watching it first off? Just because of our affinity for Cheez-Its yes. at this table. This yes. is a real Cheez-Its group. Th- that initially sucked me in. And then I was having to really edit myself on Twitter because there were some pretty hot takes going on about how Cheez-Its suck. Oh, yeah, man. we're looking at you, Connor Happer. Yeah. and it uh, So that took some willpower on my part to not really just you know jump in the mud there and start, start wrestling. But Is that one of those things where you start making a list? Like, all right. I don't know if I can trust this guy when he says yeah. things because he thinks X. It was one of those things where you, you type out just a sick burn tweet <laughs> and then you delete it. I did that probably three or four times to yeah. standing up for cheese its honor. And then I mean the the really crappy quarterback play really reeled me in. I mean any any time you have five interceptions in the first half and then, you know, add a sixth right before halftime. Uh, that that was that was great, and then third quarter, still seven nothing. You're already pot committed at that point, and you're you're in it for the duration of the Cheez Its Bowl. I, mean, I don't know what you guys were doing, but it couldn't have been as good as my night. I was watching Game of Thrones, yeah, because I always do stuff three years after it's popular. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's basically the summation of that. He, he says this while wearing a Montreal Expo shirt. <laughs> there you go. The for, timing of that couldn't yeah. have been better. Very on brand. Yeah, it is. It is very bob. Uh, I didn't watch any of that bowl game. I mean, it was on. T- I was at a bar and it was on TV, but yeah. I angled my chair so I couldn't <laughs> see the TV. Hopefully, the women and children were as far away from the TV as possible. But it was fun watching Gary Patterson just get more and more pissed off as the game went along. Did it was th- great watching that last field goal. I did see the regulation field goal miss, mm-hmm. like, and that's right as we were leaving the bar. And it's like, I don't care who wins this. Like, driving during overtime, not going to listen to any of the <laughs> – You weren't scanning the radio trying to find yeah. it. Not that much of a junkie. Didn't a 
TCU administrator get a flag as well? It, it had everything. Yeah. It, it checked a lot of boxes. It was like their version of like Mark Bame getting excited <laughs> about an interception <laughs> and running down the sideline and tripping onto the field. Yeah. Is that basically what happened? That, that was pretty much uh, – <laughs> you, you, you got caught up on the game, I think. 10-7 ten, ten overtime. Did Gary Patterson sweat through at least four shirts? Oh, or, yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you guys think at the Cheez-Its Bowl there's Cheez-Its sold at the concession stands? There has to be, right? Well, in the text conversation, we were talking about how great that spread must have been in the press box. I mean, the the risk you – I would have hated to be a janitor after that, though, because, like, you've got that cheese dust just everywhere. Well, it's like hate, sand. You can't get it out. I would hate to be a janitor of any press box anywhere, if we're being right. entirely honest. Yeah. It's not, not exactly the cleanliest, you know, most considerate crew of people that will ever march through your work setting. And you had cheese dust because, you know, that's being spilled. So, Do you guys actually buy Cheez-Its when you're not, like, on a road trip, though? Very rarely. Yeah. I've tried it, and I realized I don't finish the box. Yeah, it's and not so the same. It's not the... It's not, it really is. It's a car thing. Yeah. It's that thing you get about three to three and a half hours into your trip where s- someone needs a bathroom break, and you throw in a cherry Coke maybe with it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, the Husker 24-7 crew is stopping somewhere in Iowa, and... Mostly walking out with a bottle of Coke and Cheez-Its of different varieties. But we're all very content, though, for like the next 15 minutes. There's, it's like kind of... A, like a lull in conversation because people are just <laughs> munching on their feels Cheez-Its. Good. That's and, part of the year in review. That was yeah. part of our year, a big part of it. It was one of the things we learned. Yeah. All right, well, you mentioned year in review. Yes. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and discuss things that stood out. In 2018, do we want to condense it to just football? I mean, is there anything that jumped out to you in basketball or baseball that you'd really want to discuss? Mostly Brunt's here. Uh, no well, offense, Brian. I assume you didn't have any I, baseball. I wasn't ready for anything with that, no. Well, I mean, basketball, I mean, they've, they've continued to play well. Yeah. I mean, on the tail end of last year, um, probably the best – two-year run of basketball at Nebraska that you've seen in a long time. Assuming it continues in conference play, yes. Yes. Um, but, I mean, that, that's probably the, the big takeaway, the talent. It's a good offseason for them. They didn't have uh, any of the big boys leave. You know? Yeah. You're, I was kind of waiting for that to happen. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I expected it, that, I mean, both would be gone. It never did. That's what I have to good, say about that. Good review. Yeah, that's all uh, right. Well, that was basketball. That was basketball. Slider didn't even have time to get annoyed and bark. So we'll we'll move straight on into football. Give me one thing that you learned this year that surprised you about the 2018 Nebraska Cornhuskers under Scott Frost. Bronze, we'll start with you, since it's not a hype cast. BC doesn't get to pick the order. Oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, I think I learned that Nebraska is closer to being good quickly than I thought they were. I mean, I, I think with the way they finished and the you way know they, they went four and eight with the yeah. I mean, I, I think that there's, there's more of a roadmap forward than maybe what I was expecting there to be at this point. I figured there would be some hiccups, but I mean, I, I think there's enough that you feel good about coming out of 2018. The, to feel good going into 2019, and I wasn't expecting that to be the case. So I, I think that 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 that's what I learned is that this team is probably 
closer than I expected them to be at this point. I think I'd say Adrian Martinez is even better than I guessed. Like, I I thought, oh, he'll be a good player this year. Like, he might, you know, he's going to show some signs that he can be really good. From the beginning, I mean, he looked like, many times looked like a veteran quarterback out there. Um, and I know he wants to get better, and there's a few mistakes he'd like back. But I've I've never seen a Nebraska freshman quarterback have as good a full season as he had. And that includes – that includes Tommy Frazier and anyone who wants to argue it, go back and watch tape of his freshman year and some of the games and compare. Um, and look what was around yeah, him. Yeah, um, he's he's a special player now. He needs the benefit of good health and everything else now going forward, and that's a big if. But uh, I, I mean, I keep going back to those ten, eleven days when they recruited him, and how that just changed the whole landscape for this program really as Scott this Scott Frost era takes off. If you don't have that piece, I don't think we're talking about everything the way we're talking about it now and there's as much optimism. Yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. And if, if you hadn't mentioned that, I would have said that I thought the the biggest thing I learned is that Nebraska has a special player in Adrian Martinez going forward for the next few years. Now, with, with that one off the table, I'm going to shift slightly. One of the biggest takeaways I have – from 2018, is the Big Ten West is better. I, I think that Minnesota is actually headed in the right direction with P.J. Fleck. I, I wouldn't have said that going into the year. I didn't think that halfway through the year. I certainly didn't think that with the way Nebraska handled them at home for their first win of the season. And then they kind of turned it on. And and I I mean, we talk about Adrian Martinez and, and the trials and tribulations that Nebraska went through. Minnesota's starting quarterback was a walk-on true freshman, and they won six games this year. I mean, they they didn't play as hard of a schedule in in some respects, but they still were able to get bowl eligible, and I think that that speaks to what P.J. Fleck is able to do. I think Minnesota's going to be better. We obviously saw with Jeff Brom that Purdue is going to be dangerous. Northwestern took a step forward as a program. Iowa and Wisconsin both beat Nebraska again in 2018. Until Nebraska beats those programs, you can't write either one of them off. Suddenly it looks like there's six legitimately interesting teams, plus Lovey Smith, in this conference so or in this division. So I, I think that one of my biggest takeaways looking into 2019 is that the Big Ten West could be a lot of fun to try to handicap how that thing's going to play out next year Bruns is making a face I don't think he agrees I was just thinking in my head I'm, I was running it through my head to see if that was going to be the the topic du jour going into Big Ten media days in July I'm sure it will be but. Can, and just can you and I was also imagining uh, I was thinking of two things I was imagining the the hype train rolling down the tracks on Minnesota and uh oh I'm sure it's already off and running and you know PJ Fleck being the conductor of that monorail and uh well done uh the other part of that was just thinking. You thinking about Ogdenville and North Haverbrook? Yeah, the the photo of PJ Fleck kissing the trophy from the quick quick lane bowl um, that was making the rounds on Twitter this week was um, it, it was I wouldn't say erotic, but it was close. <laughs> um, All right. I just, I've never seen a. a, a a coach be that excited for a quick lane trophy. A quick lane trophy. 
as as he wasn't. But I, you're right though. I mean, you you look at what they've got coming back. They they were really young this year. They're going to have some dang good skill players. I mean, I, I, I joke, but I mean, I, I would think that they are going to be in that conversation more so than they have been for, you know, being towards the top of that that division. I've been as down on Fleck as anybody, but you know, when I strangely thought, hmm, they're they might be doing something right. It was actually the Nebraska game when they came out in the third quarter, and I thought Nebraska was playing a really good game, and Minnesota had kind of that answer where they got things going, and they did some stuff on offense. I'm like, hey, he knows what he's doing a little bit. I mean, they they Nebraska played really well that day, yeah, on to run away with that game, and I I think that's why so many people feel good about Nebraska is because. Like at the time, nobody in the country cares that Nebraska beat Minnesota fifty-three to twenty-eight or whatever. But if you if you kind of were watching how teams were trending, you're like, yeah, that's a pretty good win, you know. Of course, it was right. Minnesota had an odd stretch there where they also got dunked on by Illinois right at home, and then they fired their. Uh, no, did they? Yeah, they did. They oh, lost. Oh, it was yeah. And yeah. then they they fired their DC, and then after they fired their DC, they really yeah. took off. Yeah. Because then they beat up Purdue. They beat up Wisconsin. They just beat up Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, none of those teams are great teams. But Nebraska lost to two out of the three. Huh. And I think that all three of those are above-average teams, as I, I say that now while Purdue's just getting absolutely pounded at the hands of uh, Auburn in the uh, – Something, 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 Music City Bowl. I think what you're saying, though, is correct and also an example as to why I think some people who want to shake up the divisions need to slow their roll and use common sense for a year or two and just see how this... I think you actually have it now if you're paying attention where the West is trending the right way and you feel like Nebraska's finally going to live up to their reputation. A big part of the reason the divisions are not equal is because of Nebraska. Nebraska hasn't lived up to what they were supposed to be since they joined this conference. If they start doing that, that thing gets pretty level in a hurry, especially if you get you know Minnesota and Purdue playing pretty decent ball. So I think people need to chill out on that. Yeah, for a uh, bit. I'm with you in, entirely. We can uh, we can go a little bit more specific. Do you have a favorite moment from the 2018 season, Bruns? I, I, I I'm gonna punt on this one. I'll I'll go last. Somebody go oh, next. Okay, we're back to choosing our order. Yeah. Okay. Favorite. Well, as as usual, the show was written out and emailed about. Everybody knew what the topics were gonna be, and yeah. nobody came prepared. So that's true. Okay, favorite it's moment. It's not like we've ever just winged it or anything. I got one, though. I got one. Okay. Keep it going. Um, I think it's the Michigan State game. I thought that the fourth quarter, it turned into kind of a win- little winter wonderland. Pickerings, kickerings? Yeah, that was fun. And it was just like when standing down on the sideline, you're like, this is this is nice. I mean, the, the, the way the crowd stayed with, with that team, I think that's a big storyline, too. I mean, even though the actual butts and seats – we're not close to what the announced figures were. Um, the fact that they were still filling it up kind of like they did for Bethune-Cookman and Michigan State and some of those games when the weather was terrible uh, was impressive. But th- that game and uh, the defense you know, having their day in the sun is probably what stands out to me. I think to me, if I had to pick like one play that really kind of jumps out to me as I look back at this season – Nebraska didn't win this game, but it kind of set a tone that they were 
they were going to be in it until the the end of me, and that was the Ohio State game. And it was honestly JoJo Doman coming off the edge and just demolishing Dwayne Haskins because that kept Nebraska in that game that really put some doubt in Ohio State's head. Uh, you know, Nebraska responded from their own mistakes in that contest. I think it's honestly you could go with Michigan State. I mean, you could go with Minnesota. I think that that Nebraska-Ohio State game was kind of the game of the year for Nebraska in terms of it made you feel good about the direction of this program in a way that things probably haven't in a loss in a while because they went toe-to-toe with a team that I think honestly probably belongs in the conversation with the college football playoff, even though they won't be playing in it because they did lose that game to Purdue. So I, I thought Nebraska looked really good against Ohio State. That JoJo Dome and sack really kind of set a tone that they were going to fight in that game, and, and it was a, a big moment. It was a good game. Uh, Nebraska came up a little bit short at the end. They weren't able to get a defensive stop or, you know, they J.D. Spillman missing that ball in the sun. Uh, certainly memorable, too, in, yeah. in that contest as well. But that was also – Adrian Martinez kind of had a coming-out party nationally for a lot of people in that game, too, to where you had to know who Adrian Martinez was going forward, and I think a lot of people do now. I think a couple things will stand out from this year. One being Divino Zigbo and just the season he had. I mean, I can't recall too many seniors who have kind of come on the way he did. Um, and, and also to kind of fight through what he did, I think, to, to get to that point speaks a lot to, you know, his character and, um, you know, just his ability as a football player. I mean, he was buried on the depth chart a number of times. was buried by the staff, too, to start the season. Uh, came back and played well. The other the other thing that will stand out to me, but for a little bit different reasons, was you know, that Northwestern game and, and the way that that kind of unraveled on Nebraska at, at the end of that. It just seemed like, you know, for for as bad as you know Michigan was, it kind of felt like you might disagree with me, but it, at the end of that game, it, it felt like you know the players, Scott Frost and everybody, you, you would expect them to be a little bit shell shocked by the way that they lost that game, but they were pissed. I mean, they were resolved that that was going to be the end of things. And, I mean, for a team that had really kind of been kicked around most of the season, lost games in, in some pretty, you know, heartbreaking ways, I, I thought that, that that game in some ways was a turning point for them that they kind of needed to finish the season strong. I totally agree. I, I think with the fan base, too, I heard this from a lot of people, it was the first time in a long time, like, where it really hurt. Fan, that game for whatever reason because they it felt like okay nebraska's finally got one and now it's, they're gonna climb and the way they lost it like you know uh i think had fans feeling like they used to feel back a few decades ago after a tough loss you know it was that kind of game and so and that's good like in a way like you that nebraska football's got to get back to that point where a loss like that just makes you ruins your night and uh it seemed like that was that kind of game uh, this probably isn't fair. I'm going to remove him from consideration. No, Adrian Martinez. Who is the player that you will most link to the 2018 season? Brunts, Brian, me, I can start however you want to do it. Go. Me? Yeah. I'm going to go, uh, I'll take the easy one, Divino Zigbo. I mean, you kind of said it. In the sense that he really emerged in this season as a, as a go-to running back. And a lot of us were writing about how he was third or fourth string in the spring, and, and we didn't know what sort of role he was actually going to have with this team. And it wasn't just that he was this power component. I mean, we 
I don't know how many times Brian wrote these stories or how many times we wrote these stories collectively about how people would talk about Ozigbo throughout his career, getting in better shape, looking like he was quicker and more athletic. I mean, if you didn't see that this season, then then go back and watch that 2015 game against UCLA. He had a really nice game, but a lot of it was just getting the yards that were there. This year, he was getting yards that weren't necessarily there, and he was running away from people. We've mentioned that Minnesota game several times. That was against a top-10 rushing defense at the time in the country. And Ozigo made them look silly. And he only had 12 carries in that game, I think. In the first half, he had like 160 yards on like seven carries, including two giant runs. So when I think about 2018 and then I remove Adrian Martinez from the equation, I'm certainly going to remember what Divino Ozigbo did in kind of his swan song. And, and like you said, rewriting how a lot of us think about him in general. And, and it's a testament to the guys that are willing to put in the work to stick around that even when things aren't great, even when they wind up in the doghouse or when they get their opportunity to start, then it gets taken away from them. They just keep working. And that's what Divino Zigbo did. And it didn't end with the best season in the world in terms of the team, but I don't know if he would have changed a whole lot to have this opportunity with this staff and to go out the way that he did. I think he feels like a winner. I got kind of a strange one. Um, I, I think I'll always link this that this season a little bit with Greg Bell. And just that when he left, that week was a chain. It was a turning This is a Northwestern. It was Wisconsin. It was Wisconsin. Because it, it was the whole – it was when we were going right. up there and, and he didn't get on the – you know, it was coming out. He wasn't going to be there. And he didn't get on the plane. And that was also the week Ty John left, right? Earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. And – it felt different to me. I don't know if you felt it, but in the post game with the guys who came out, like this is our squad now, you know, like any, anybody who left up for, forget it, you know, um, it's, it's, it's these guys. And I felt like they came together through that. And then Scott Frost said that a lot then. And a lot of people I think thought that was just him, you know, trying to keep his team above the water a little bit at that point. But I think he really felt it, like they were there was a chemistry that was kind of forming, um, and then you kind of take that and contrast it with Lamar Jackson, who I'll admit, I thought after the Purdue game, I was in that crowd that wondered, are we going to see this guy the rest of the year? Is he going to duck out? You know, and to his credit, he's taken his his lumps, and some of them are deserved. But he came back and played pretty well near the end of the season, and I I thought he was an example on the other side of a guy who you would have said it's not going to happen for him and it he he kept coming back and ended up and now is going to be a key player for this team in 2019 there's a couple guys i probably would link it to and you know guys like luke gifford mick stoltenberg from that senior class who you know they've they've played for three different head coaches during their careers you go you don't qualify for a bowl game your last two years you start the way that nebraska did this year you know, leadership to me is always one of those kind of tough to nail down qualities because guys, I think a lot of times get credit for being leaders who aren't leaders. Um, they get credit for talking to the media, which makes them leaders. Yeah, yeah. You've got a lot of Monday leaders, I think is probably a good way to put it, uh, with the press conference being on Monday. But, you one know, these years I'm going to have you make a list of Monday leaders. Yeah. The list is long and distinguished. Um, see how you look on Tuesday. Yeah. So the, but you know, I think Gifford, I think McSoltenberg, um, 
you know, I, I think guys like Aaron Williams a little bit too. Um, you know, guys that Stanley Morgan certainly, guys that needed to kind of keep things together um, when, when this when it was going really south and you know. I don't know that I would have assumed that you would feel the way about this season that you do now back in, after that loss to Michigan. I mean, that that was just a, a really kind of beat-up team, I think. And I, I think those guys, are hopefully they get the credit uh, that they deserve if this thing gets turned around because they, you know, did a lot of heavy lifting here, I, I think. And, and, and that's probably who I'll, I'll kind of associate with this team. Well... What else do we want to uh, to get into? We've sort of ran through the games, ran through some performances. I got one. Okay. So we've been kind of all sunshine and roses, but they were four and eight. Like, what's the what's the to you guys the biggest concern you have as you head into twenty nineteen? That's still like, okay, this is not solved yet. Well, I I'll let you guys pick apart the defense a little bit. I'm going to go with the one that I think I'll talk about from, you know, this season all the way through until we see results next season. Very worried about wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I just I, – and some of it stems – I even have a thread on the board about this. I was sitting there watching the uh, Academy Sports Plus Outdoors Texas Bowl <laughs> last night featuring 6-6 six and six Baylor and 6-6 six and six Vanderbilt. And their receivers were making 50-50 plays. They were making catches over the middle. There was four guys on different sides, I mean, that were doing it. And I just think about it, like, Nebraska had such a great season from Stanley Morgan. And J.D. Spielman was terrific, too. Where else? Like, what else? And who else? I mean, and why weren't these guys emerging? I mean, it's not even that you had to have anybody have monster numbers, but... Shouldn't your number three wide receiver at least have 25 catches? That's only two-plus catches a game across a 12-game season. Like, that's that's the kind of production that I wonder about because as much as I like Cade Warner, if Cade Warner's your number two wide receiver next year, is that concerning to you guys? Do you think that he could have a 400-yard season with 50 catches? Because I think that's what a number two wide receiver needs to do in a – average to below average passing offense but at nebraska and some of it is just changing our perceptions of of receiving stats to also incorporate the fact that running backs and tight ends are going to be more heavily involved in this offense than they have been in previous ones in the passing game but i just keep going to wide receiver and i wonder where are some of these dudes at and who's going to emerge i think it's pretty fair you, you want to go on defense I've, I've got one on offense too that i can go for it the offensive line is going to be one that I, th- I think is going to be a concern. Um, I mean, you weren't heartened by their play at the end of the year. Well, sure, but by the guys that are not going to be here next year. I mean, really? Because I thought the tackles were probably the biggest reason why they got better. Sure, but who who are your interior guys next year? That's that's my concern. Left guard sixty one and left guard right guard fifty nine. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's who's that. I have to go look at the numbers to say who it's I just It's basically Bo out. Wilson. Is, yeah, I mean, it's Bo Wilson. I think Matt Farniak's going to play right guard. I mean, and who's, your, who's your tackle? Times. Ben Hart? Ben Hart or Sichterman. That's my concern. Bigger question, who's the center? That's a big question. I mean, you've got the guys that, that everybody assumed was going to be your starting center still down in Juco. Maybe going to sign. Maybe not. 
Desmond Bland for those. That... Yeah. I mean, he, everybody's all about Cam Jurgens' move over there, which, you know, might be great in the long term, but don't know yet. you don't know. Um, yeah, Trent Hickson is probably next guy up at left guard. Uh, walk on. I mean, Will Farniok, is he your, your starting center? Is it Hunter Miller? I mean, there's – Those guys had a ways to go still. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I know people heard their names and reports and stuff, but they still had a ways to go. Yeah. Like, I don't – I mean, there's a reason that Greg Austin said he was okay going, like, six deep yeah. uh, in that offensive line. And that's – that, to me, you know, as good as Adrian Martinez is, as good as Maurice Washington is, you've got all this firepower – you're going to have to answer a lot of questions up front on offense, and that that's my concern. And I like the I, the idea, if they can do it, of Farniak moving in the guard is, is, is a good one. But I never, like, count it as a – I don't even like to write it in pencil that, like, a true freshman is going to come in and play on the line because it's so hard. Yeah, I mean, it's um, incredibly hard. So and that's, that's why I think that they – of their, their backups this year – I think that Matt Sichterman could have been close to getting in for him based on what Austin was saying at the end of the year. I think they like Sichterman enough that if he needed to be the right tackle to start next year and give Ben Hart some time, you could do that. Uh, that's generally where my thought process is. It, and it all goes back to at every level, everyone has said Matt Farniak would be better at guard. At some point, you might want to – and Matt Farniak played guard in 2017 too, so it's not like it's a – position that he wouldn't be able to trans or transition to and he told us the last press conference of the year that he would be fine playing or moving spots too he's not married to having to be a tackle so i i just look at it as if you want to get your best five on the on the field that also means putting people in positions where they're going to be more successful and i think that's farney on the inside well with the defense i guess the worries are they're, they're they've got the depth on the d-line They've got a lot of bodies, but as proven in games against the teams that are just going to muscle you up, um, they've got a lot ways to go there. I mean, and Scott Frost was blunt about it after the Iowa game about it. We just got to get bigger dudes, and you saw that in this recruiting class. They went out and they got guys that I think are going to help them size-wise in years ahead. The problem is those guys don't necessarily fit right into the equation in 2019, you would think. Like, maybe one of them, but... It's it's a long shot for those guys to play. And then there's depth issues, I think. I mean, obviously at linebacker, um, where you're – I mean, they're just being blunt about the fact that Jackson Hanna and Nick Henrich probably need to, like, help – somebody needs to help out in the middle at one of your most important positions where you got to kind of have a quarterback of your defense along with Mo Berry. Colin Miller can help there, but – you know, he's still kind of finding his way at that position. And then safety is going to be completely different, too, next year. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. I think a lot of people feel like Deontay Williams was probably uh, a good enough player to play more snaps this year, but he was stuck behind seniors, and that's the way it goes sometimes. But who's going to rise up with him is a good question. And where's JoJo Doman fit, you know, in that puzzle? And there, there's a lot of a lot of moving parts on defense still it's it's going to be a different looking crew on that back end you know at safety and the, and whenever you got new parts at safety that always makes you a little nervous i think well uh continuing the the question and response format we've got going on here which 
redshirt freshman will you be curious to see in action in both the spring and next year in 2019 based on what you've heard from coaches and based on what you saw if you played in the spring game last year which I don't know if anybody did that didn't then use their four games but well, I mean, you never you never got to see Casey Rogers or Tate Wildeman in, in really anything. I mean, both of those guys were hurt uh, this year, and and that's that's the thing that's remarkable about the, about the redshirt guys is so many of those guys had season-ending injuries because we talked you know all summer about yeah Nebraska's going to get get four games to look at these guys and see what they're made of and like most of them were just out. Um, so I mean, even Cam Jurgens who makes the move to center a couple of weeks later, he's, you know, having surgery and, and spends the rest of the fall on crutches. So I, I think just because of you know, defensive line and bringing those guys along, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, where Tate Wildeman fits in. He, he's, he looks the part, he's tall, uh, big kid, uh, but th- that would be the one I'd probably point to. I'd probably say, well, let's go to what, Schaefer said about the wide receivers. I th- I think I'd say like an Andre Hunt, who it felt like of the guys in that crop, uh, Troy Walters was maybe the highest on or felt like he was the closest to contributing. So I think Andre Hunt's a guy people should not forget about. Um, I'm thinking right now, did Caleb Tanner, did he play beyond four? He did. Oh, yeah. he, he's, so he's, he's, he's out. He doesn't count in this equation. Um, I don't know. I I think I think Cam Jones on the back end is going to be interesting. C.J. Smith too. Yeah. Braxton Clark, all three of those guys. Yeah. I I'm going to go with one in part because everyone's going to talk about Wandale Robinson, and they're going to talk about Ramirez Johnson, oh. and they're going to talk about all of the excitement there. I was really really high, and Nebraska was really high on Miles Jones. Yep. And he got to campus in the late part of the spring early part of the summer then he was hurt early in fall camp then he was dealing with an eye issue and held didn't feel like he had the offense exactly where they wanted it would not write off miles jones for what he can do in this offense even with bringing in guys like ramir johnson and wandale robinson i just think he's one of those weapon guys that they can find certain packages for and he might be able to uh to turn it loose i mean that kind of speed is elite you know the funny part about sports narratives in the one game he played, he was wide open on that one play, and Vedral just dunked it. In yeah, the it was like five yards short of him on the pass. If he hits Jones, and think about it, if Miles scores like a sixty-yard touchdown in one of his like three touches, the whole like conversation about him is different. You know, that's just the way sports works. Yeah, I just I think he's one of those forgotten toys, right? Like. Because you're looking at this 2019 group with Jamie Nance and, and Robinson and Johnson and maybe Tompkins and whoever else. It's like I would not discount Miles Jones having some say and, and being involved, whether at wide receiver or running back. One other guy that I thought about, Katerian Legrone, is, yeah. is another one that Beckton likes him a lot. Everybody loves him. Um, where does he fit in that room, I, I think, is the big question because, you know, Fortunately for Nebraska, they've got a lot of talent there. Just going to be finding snaps for everybody. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, no one's older than a no one's a senior next year either. Like that's kind of the remarkable thing is they got a deep group of tight ends that 
you expect to be more involved, but it's not like anybody's going to go anywhere in uh, after 2019, or more than likely no one's going to go anywhere after 2019. David Alston is a name that we didn't hear a ton of. Brunts just blinked. He forgot about David Alston. I forgot about David Alston. He's an outside linebacker. I'll be curious if he pops up from Javon DeWitt uh, at all in the, the spring. You mentioned those those guys that were uh, on the defensive line. That was, a, that was a good one to start with because I think a lot of people are curious about Wildeman and, and Rodgers. Rodgers had a really good year. On the scout team, according to Mike Dawson, he was pretty happy with what he was seeing there. So, they, you know, as we talk about the new signees, sometimes it's those redshirt guys. That, mm-hmm. And then one person who's not even a, a freshman, but Will Honus, yeah, got his redshirt, and he'll be back for for two years, um, coming off of an ACL tear, and we'll have to try to hold off some of those young freshman inside linebackers. I was just going to say, it's sort of the Juco boys from that class when you talk about the immediate like future of Nebraska football this year ahead, who you're thinking, if Honus, Mike Williams, and Jerron Woodyard can become this year what people kind of hoped they would be last year, then you really got something working all of a sudden, and you've got more depth at certain spots than you thought you had. But, I mean, they got they got to show that now. 12 catches combined between Williams and Woodyard. Woodyard had one of them. That's got to be a different story. Nebraska did get two additions as we look to wrap this thing up after we had our last podcast. Darian Daniels officially joined the roster, and Josh Wegener is joining the roster as well. Brunts. Again, shaking his head. That's the, I, that, that was that was at the current score of Purdue. Oh, what what are we at now? Forty-two seven, mm-hmm. uh, second quarter. It's a tough day. Tigers. Probably about two minutes into the second quarter. Purdue not very motivated. I uh, uh, in this game. I will admit for all to hear that I bet on Purdue, continuing my betting on the Big Ten money lines in bowl season. Looks like I'm going to be two and one on that one. Boiler up, boiler up. You uh, Do you anticipate a long afternoon of posting Purdue Pete all over Twitter? I already did the one, which was Purdue Pete at a, bl- a blood drive. Um, so <laughs> You look so sad. I know. I mean, he always looks sad, but he looks really sad getting uh, his blood drawn. I felt like it, uh, you know. Josh Wegner, for those who <laughs> missed it, and just so we don't completely skip, he is a offensive lineman coming from... Iowa Western Community College, small town Iowa, went to the JUCO, was started at defensive tackle, then moved to center, and uh, had a nice season for the Reavers. Gives Nebraska another center option uh, among the 12 others that Brunch mentioned and dismissed all of <laughs> earlier in this I'm podcast. I'm concerned. I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize for your uh, dismissive nature. Yeah. Neil Armstrong couldn't even save Purdue right now. <laughs> And with that, unless either of you have something you really want to add to this abbreviated we end talk, of your Let's podcast. talk briefly about Darian Daniels. That's a big, that's a big right, deal. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that we had covered him in, in the past, but Darian Daniels, brother of Damian Daniels, gives Nebraska another nose tackle. Potential NFL guy that they were able to add to their, their roster for next year. I think Mike Dawson will very much appreciate having another big body to, to throw in there in the middle. They uh, were kind of out of sorts and generally not very good, in my opinion, in the middle of the, the defensive line. Uh, that Iowa game in specific, watching your nose tackle get driven four yards back on most plays, and particularly on stretch plays, is kind of a recipe for disaster. 
Yeah, um, it can make a lot of parts of your defense look bad in a hurry if if that guy can't hold up. So um, usually I'm pretty skeptical on grad transfers because it doesn't feel like the percentage is very high on those being successful. Uh, but this is a case where because of the family connection, you understand why he's making the move. And he, uh, he actually has a solid resume. And the thing that stood out to me was Mike Gundy had some quotes about him leaving. And you could tell that that was a blow for Gundy, uh, who's, I think, one of the better coaches in the country. So when he's saying that. Um, oh, that Brunts is going to make the noise, the <laughs> noise or whatever. Oh, the fart noise? Yeah. Are yeah. you down on Gundy? No, I love Gundy. Yeah. Love, love the fart noise at the microphone, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got you. I didn't really have anything to add besides Mike, Mike Gundy <laughs> fart noise. We couldn't have just ended with love the fart noise in the microphone. That couldn't have been the last words anybody hears from the Nebraska 24-7 podcast in 2018. I figured you were going to wish everybody a happy new year. Why yeah. would I do that? I don't know. They put up with us for a long time. Well, <laughs> I suppose they have. Well, we here at uh, Nebraska 24-7 podcast and Husker 24-7 website and what other big red 24-7, I don't know, what else are we? Is that everything? No, you named them. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, we wish you all a uh, happy end of your 2018 and a delightful start to your 2019. Most of them. We look to be joining you. I don't know if we'll do a podcast next week. We're going to have to see if there's actually some news to discuss, uh, unless you'd like us to sit around and recap Christmas in which we could discuss our best gifts or, uh, you know, best experience with other family members, (laughs) all those sorts of great things. And maybe we will. I don't know. We, we could be back next week. We could be back the week following. Nebraska resumes recruiting here in about two weeks. Check out the website. Hoops. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we can just do a whole hoops podcast. Do a Big Ten preview. Hoops. All right. I guess we're going to be back next week. Happy hoops. New Year. Hoops. Hoops.